Hello, and welcome to Loose Canon, the podcast where we talk about fanfiction. My name is Brianna Staten, and I am the resident expert here in our little group. I'm Caitlin Dennis, and I'm a casual fanfiction reader. And I'm Malcolm Lamb. I'm the newbie. In each episode, we will define one word, phrase, or other form of terminology that relates to the world of fanfiction. These will be terms that may not be familiar to those of us who have little to no experience with fanfiction. Things such as canon, shipping, OTP, OC, or other things to that effect. Following our word of the day, we will then delve into the actual fanfiction a little bit. We'll explain the universe it belongs to, give you a rough introduction in case you're not familiar with it, and then discuss some points of interest we found within the piece that we chose. We'll discuss and hopefully argue a little bit to keep things entertaining, then wrap up with our What the Are You moments. So the last section of each episode will consist of our, quote, what the Oreo moments, or the moments where, as we were reading, we said, what in the world, or in our case, what the Oreo. Now that you know the general layout of our podcast, let's jump in. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to this episode of Loose Cannon. We're excited to have you guys with us. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, we're ex- here. I'm excited to be here. You know what? I'm, I'm going to say I would rather be here than sleeping in. You know, Aww. take that as you will. Yeah. <laughs> I, might, I might rather be sleeping. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're here on a Saturday morning, and we're just True. we're just going to get this done. Awesome. Yeah. Today we are talking about the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is awesome because it's super relevant in our society mm-hmm. today. There are a lot of movies that have come out recently, and we'll be talking about a, a fan fiction that deals with one of those. So... Yeah, uh, we'll kind of explain the world to you a little bit and then talk about our word of the day and then jump right in. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe was originally created by Stan Lee in comic book form, and those comics were later turned into movies. I think the earliest was the Hulk, I want to say. Oh, no, it was it was Iron Man. I thought the Hulk movies came out before Iron Man. Well... Oh, there's, but those aren't part... There's, like, Marvel movies, and then there's, like, the Marvel Cinematic the Universe. That's which true. Start, which starts yeah. with Iron Man. It starts with yeah. Iron Man. Yeah. That's right. That's right. right. Okay. So, for the purpose of this discussion, Iron Man was the first, and we, we've kind of moved on uh, since there, so a lot of others have gotten their own individual movies. And they deal with superheroes, so like Iron Man, like the Hulk, like Captain America, that are placed in our normal everyday world so they would go to coffee shops or shawarma shops and they would interact with normal people and it was kind of cool um and thor is also one of these characters he's an asgardian god and he he's going to be the center of our fan fiction today kind of following him in an adventure emotional adventure that he goes through (laughs) anything else you want to add um no but mcu is amazing it is yeah we highly recommend it yeah (laughs) Okay. I'm a fan. Nothing to add. <laughs> so, so our word of the day is going to be canon. So the word canon was based originally in church doctrine, Catholic doctrine. If a belief or a teaching was determined to be true and could be part made part of the gospel, it was, a term, it was deemed canon. And that transferred over to the world of fan fiction. But in this case, fan fiction is anything... That is accepted to be true within a given universe. But hold on, canon is anything that's accepted canon. to be true. Canon, did I say fan? You said fan fiction. Oh. Oh, Yeah, dang that's it. okay. <laughs> okay. So, canon is anything that is accepted to be true within a given universe. So, for example, like a character's backstory or their relationships, their abilities, 
all of that can be deemed canon by the creators. And so an interesting niche that fan fiction fills is trying to play off of that canon and create something called fanon, which is not quite the same thing. It hasn't been deemed canon, but a lot of fans believe it to be true. But canon, nonetheless, is is what a lot of fan fiction stories are based off of. It creates the, the basis for the characters, for the world, their abilities, and fan fiction authors are able to to go with that. And so that is that is canon. Nice. Yeah, Math. good stuff. Yeah. Sweet. Yes. Caitlin, will you tell us a little bit about the fan fiction that we'll be discussing today? Yes, yeah, so we just wanted to give you a warning and a little heads up. This fan fiction will deal with um, mental health. Um, as well as alcoholism and suicide and self-harm and things like that. Um, So this fan fiction that I chose is called Nothing But a Failed King with a Ghost Companion, and it's written by Lodestar Jumper. So it's about um, Thor and his journey with mental health after failing to defeat Thanos in Infinity War. It also has Thor's brother Loki manifested as a kind of guardian angel who stops his brother from committing suicide. And the story ends with Iron Man's funeral where Thor sees the ghosts of Loki, Tony, and Natasha and finally find some peace. Yeah. So yeah, that's our fan fiction for today. Awesome. Stuff. So ready to jump into the discussion? Yes. yes. Sweet. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, general depiction of mental health within this fan fiction I think was really interesting because we see this super strong character mm-hmm. dealing with something that's very relatable and very much part of our of our everyday lives. Right, yeah. They take um, Thor, who is arguably one of the most um, strong characters in the MCU, depending on who you ask and mm-hmm. like time you're talking about. <laughs> but they take Thor, who's this strong, like, he's basically, he is a god. Um, and Small they, G. Little god. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the god, a god. Right? Asgardian god. <laughs> so I'm he's, sorry, continue. He's an Asgardian god, and they make him so relatable um, to so many people. You know, we see him as kind of... I don't want to say weaker, but we see him as this vul- at this vulnerable point in his, in his life where he does need others to kind of lift him up and support him um, and help him take care of himself. Right. Yeah. yeah, so he's dealing with Loki's death. He's dealing with not successfully killing Thanos, trying to rule but not being, not being fit to rule. And so mm-hmm. just a lot, a lot of emotions that he's struggling to deal with. Yeah, and what this piece is, you know, obviously a response to is the depiction of like the comic depiction of Fat oh, Thor yeah. in Endgame. Yes. Fat Thor. Yes, yeah, so right? he's as, you know, comedic material within the movie. Right, yeah. Like he's depressed and we're like kind of supposed to feel with him and we're kind of supposed to cry when he talks to his mom. But mainly we're just laughing at him because he's fat. Yeah, you know? yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fat Thor. And along with that, there was emotion, like an emotional connection that I think a lot of people were missing from Thor because, like, he's gone through so much and we wanted to see, you know, him develop those emotions and try and overcome them. And we were just given Fat Thor. We were just given, like, this thing to laugh at instead of that. And this, like, actually, you know, mini tangent right here, I think this is a problem that a lot of people have with the Marvel Cinematic Universe Mm -hmm. is that a lot of times it just undercuts, like, its dramatic moments for no reason. Like, in Doctor Strange, he does, like, the super cool scene where he's like, oh, I'm Doctor Strange, and he's, like, accepted as himself and his role in, in everything. And he puts on the coat, and it's awesome, and then all of a sudden the coat starts, like, start, like, starts, like tickling his face, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has to laugh. And, and it's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe is afraid of just, like, having, like, 
powerful emotional moments presented earnestly Mm -hmm. and this is I think a bit of fan backlash against Mm -hmm. that like maybe it's not even just the depiction of Thor it's just like all these movies where all I want is just a legit emotional moment and you keep undercut you keep cutting me off at the knees you know yeah yeah you you want that catharsis you want that connection oh yeah yeah. I love how that this fan fiction does that It, it was something that I was missing from um, Endgame and Infinity War and I love that we get to see that in this I think that it does fill a niche definitely within the fandom where um, people wanted that emotional response and they didn't get it so the fans are reacting to that and writing this oh yeah and people like and people like loved this story I mean oh, yeah. I read the comments and it was all like oh my gosh thank you so much like I really and not only did they love it but a lot of them were like oh man like I really needed this like, it actually meant something to mm-hmm. them you know yeah um, yeah, so at the beginning of the fan fiction, I thought it was really touching that the author actually puts a little blurb before he or she even starts the story mm-hmm. saying, listen, this is like this is meant to connect us as fans. This is meant to connect us as people. It's meant to show that if you are dealing with anxiety or depression or anything like that, that you are not alone, that there is a way to, to hold on to that hope even in your darkest moments. And so that yeah. using... Yeah, using this medium to connect people was really, really touching, especially with such a strong and known and familiar character as Thor. So that that was a really nice depiction of mental health. Mm -hmm. Nice meaning, you know, like friendly, reaching out, charitable, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah, definitely not nice, like uh, soft around the the edges or or enjoyable. uh, It's very (laughs) serious, but it it was was caring. Yeah, and I think... It shows a lot the representation of superheroes and how that's developed because originally superheroes were like these strong characters that we needed. We needed heroes, you know, when they were created Mm -hmm. in the 40s. But now heroes are, they're strong people who become more human. And I think that we need to see that. We need to see that, you know, just because you're strong doesn't mean that you aren't, you don't have those weak moments or you aren't vulnerable because it allows us as fans, especially with like this kind of fan fiction, um, it allows us to feel that, our own vulnerability is validated yeah. through that um, connection with the with our heroes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I wonder if, in a way, like this story illustrates, um, like, like if it shows us that in any way, fan fiction is actually kind of ahead of the curve when it mm. comes to genre evolution. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, we this this was written a couple years ago. We just barely got the Joker movie that came out, which True. Um, is like a. Screw the superhero stuff. It's just all the psychology, you know, whatever your mm-hmm. opinions of that movie are, mm-hmm. right? Um, and just because fans don't have this massive Hollywood infrastructure that they have to go through to get their stories approved, I feel like fan fiction can just be ahead of the curve. And, like, a lot yeah. of the trends of in fan fiction will eventually just become the trends in the actual stuff. You know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we started getting more and more, like, really emotional psychological depictions of superheroes especially with marvel shifting to tv shows Mm -hmm. which can be longer and can have Mm -hmm. you know um you know longer pauses i guess Mm -hmm. for that emotional stuff yeah yeah i mean a lot of fan fictions that i've read they Mm -hmm. they deal with you know like abusive relationships or they deal with overcoming traumatic events that sort of thing and you know fan fiction is almost aggressively amateur yeah, and, and the people that are writing it and that they're writing too and that they don't have to deal with the politics of society. And so, uh, yeah, Malcolm, I, I agree with what you're saying and that this is this is a good example, I think, of how in many ways fan fiction can be ahead of the curve because mm-hmm. they can just state what they're feeling and what they want to see in media that we consume. 
And that's sometimes that's yeah. where it ends. It doesn't have to go any farther than that. Definitely. But people can still relate to it and connect to it and, and everything in that regard. Yeah. And I think that along with being added the curve, you know, fan fiction just gives the fans what they want. Yeah. It's made by the fans for the fans. And that is something that a lot of movies can't do because they're like, oh, we have to appeal to the general populace. We have mm-hmm. to make money. You know, they have all these restrictions. And fan fiction doesn't. They don't really make money off that unless you're one of the people who, like, has your fan fiction turned into a movie, which has happened. Um, but typically it's just you're writing to fulfill that need in the fandom. You're giving the fans exactly what they want, which is definitely something that I feel, I feel like we miss um, sometimes in the MCU and that I love that we have that place um, filled in the fandom with fan fiction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've really enjoyed reading this and watching the emotional journey of Thor and getting that deeper level of of connection Mm -hmm. and and understanding why he looks the way he does, why he acts the way he does, just with that added level of understanding. Right. Unless you guys have anything else to say, let's... Let's kind of go to the to the mm-hmm. big moment in the piece. Yeah, let's where, yeah, let's go to that. Yep. So at at you know the the height or I guess the lowest point of this fan fiction, Thor. <laughs> nice correction. Yeah. yeah, definitely the height of tension. It was the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was the best of times, the worst of times, that sort of thing. But Thor, he does attempt suicide because he's overcome with feelings of inadequacy that he can't rule his kingdom. He's missing Loki. He's missing his mom, his dad, his people, Asgard, who he was as a person. Everything has been taken from him, and he just doesn't see the point anymore. And so he does attempt suicide. What what are your guys' comments? Well, he puts a gun to his face and holds it there for like 20 minutes. And then eventually, like, yeah, standing in front of a mirror. um, And it's freaky as heck. And then eventually he, you know, he he doesn't do it. And then he, you know, dissolves into periodic self-harm over the rest of the over the rest of the deal. And um, it was wild. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was wild. Was anybody else really, like, weirded out by Thor holding a gun? I was. was. That... Yeah, that's a preview. That I'll talk more about that in my What the Oreo moment. But I, this moment, I was like, what is going on? Like, mm-hmm. is this the Thor I know? Yeah. And it didn't, like, it didn't feel like the Thor that I knew. I, I, I wanted to give him a hug. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just always it, want to give Thor a hug. Y- yes. So. <laughs> just because of his chiseled body. That's right, hey, right? Hey. <laughs> Sorry. I digress. Apologies to your husband. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here <laughs> blushing in the booth. It's okay. I digress. Continue, Caitlin. Okay. I always want to give Loki a hug. But yeah. <laughs> um, moving on from that, I feel like this moment, um, it was very pivotal for the fan fiction as well as for my, um, my opinion of Thor because like I'd never really seen Thor be so vulnerable we've seen him without his powers we've seen him without his hammer we've seen him far from Asgard in situations where he should be um very vulnerable but I don't think that any of those made me feel that he was as vulnerable as we see him in this moment when he is holding a gun to his head well can, can we I don't know am I the only one also though who thought that this scene if it hadn't been Thor, I would have thought it was really bad, and it would have been, I would have been like, "Oh man, they botched this one! Like they mm-hmm. just totally blew it." I don't know. I feel like I've, they I've, meaning the author of they meaning yeah they meaning the author right like like I mean I feel like I've read enough and I've seen enough movies and I've seen enough TV shows and I've seen enough like depictions 
of people on the edge of suicide Mm -hmm. that I'm kind of honestly numb to it now unless Mm -hmm. it's like really well done and this like you said this is like just unapologetically amateur it's not a well done like suicide scene but nonetheless it was really impactful and I feel like it wouldn't have been that if it wasn't Thor but that isn't a shot at the author you know it's kind of yeah just stylistically it was it was interesting you know going back from what the, the more serious topic, stylistically, it is very, very amateur in its it, writing. Right. But but because it's Thor, like, there's this, you know, piggybacking element where they're mm-hmm. able to piggyback on, you know, the goodwill that we have towards this character and create powerful emotional experiences through amateur, that aren't normally aren't possible through amateur writing, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that this, it's interesting that we get such a striking portrayal because this fanfiction isn't long. It's not like we've had an entire book leading up to this moment. And we do have, like, it, like, plays off of um, the movies that lead us up to this moment. But in itself, it doesn't develop that um, as much as you would expect. You know, it's a fair, it's not as long as you would think going into this pivotal moment. So I think that it's interesting how it is so striking when it is such a short piece of fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is that is really, really interesting. Uh, so just uh, on a lighter note, kind of a side note. <laughs> Please so, lighten the mood, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we mentioned that after this episode, Thor does... he. He, doesn't, he never attempts suicide again, but he does attempt self-harm. Yeah, but that's, with like a broken bottle and stuff. Yeah, so this this author made their own interpretation and said that's why Korg and Meek are there, uh-huh. is to help yes. keep an eye on Thor, and they end up all just like being buddies and playing Fortnite, which is fun. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. they, they reasoned, or they came to the conclusion that the reason Thor has that awesome beard <laughs> is because he has nothing to shave it with, because like even when he's in a better mental state, they... Korg, rightfully so, doesn't trust him, and he's a stickler for the rules, and so there's just nothing sharp, and so Thor ends up just growing out this This fantastic beard. Yeah. Instead, so that that was just that the justification for the beard was like so unnecessary, but I'm so (laughs) glad that it was there. (laughs) It was a much needed. yeah, just have more levity it about light. it. It yeah. was good. It, it was, was good. Light. And I don't know. For me, it's like, oh yeah, as guardians, Norse god people, they seem like they would have beards like that. But like for us in North American society, we don't really see like these giant beards. It's not a part of our mm-hmm. culture. Oh, they're so coming back. To, like, they're coming. <laughs> just, <laughs> I mean, it is no shame. They are November, on the way back. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so ex- I'm so excited about that. Yep. <sighs> Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, so so there you go. It was just kind of funny. Yeah, I, I kind of also wanted to, um, I mean, when, when I was reading this, like, a couple weeks ago, I also happened to read this article by, um, about, like, Taylor Swift, like, ranking Taylor Swift songs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tie this in, I promise. And, okay. like, the, <laughs> and the one on, there was this one on 15. You guys know 15? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am not a Taylor Swift fan. I'm uh, sorry. What the heck? Well, anyway, so it's about 15, which is, like, about, like, a 15-year-old girls, like, and, and like, romance in high school. Mm-hmm. And there was this quote where it was, like, for most teenagers, the experience of romance is in thinking about it and not in experiencing mm-hmm. it. They're yeah. Like romance is, they find romance in thinking about it, but not in experience. Yeah. Or the, the reality of romance, that's what it is, is yeah. in thinking about it, not experiencing yeah, they're it. They're in love with the idea of love. Yeah. I think to an extent, like I don't want to assume Lodestar Jumper's age or anything like that, but, you know, that's kind of like how I felt about the way this piece depicted mental illness or mental, mental health. health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like struggling with mental health is that 
it it was like not to say that you know you, they're not experiencing it or they but but they're it's it's written by people who are on the peripherals, mm-hmm. you know, by someone who's on the peripherals and they're kind of like outside looking in at what they imagine like this would look like. Mm-hmm. But despite that, I don't know if anyone, if, if any, either of you guys, I'm not going to get too per have ever like gone through, you know, mental health struggles. This isn't exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. It's not really what it looks like. It's not really what it feels like. But despite that, it still ends up being really meaningful to the people who have read it, mm-hmm. you oh, know, yeah. like, like an yeah. accurate depiction of mental health in this story is almost totally secondary, mm-hmm. right? Like, for it to accomplish its purpose in the fandom, which is, oh, yeah. or within the community, which is to, you know, provide support to, you know, the other people who, who are out there. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do appreciate that. Did I that. totally botch that, like, No, no, I was, <laughs> I was contemplating what you said because it was deep. I, I think it does play on that catharsis that we've, like, has always been a part of... Um, the media that we um, get in our lives like Mm -hmm. we experience we write these like extra like extreme you know depictions of things because we want to get out those emotions through secondary means yeah yeah so kind of relating to that it's what we we were mentioning um, earlier is about using fan fiction as a coping tool so even we don't know anything about the author, which is kind of the beauty of fanfiction, is that that level of anonymity that yeah. you're able to keep. Whether or not um, Lowe's Star Jumper has dealt with anything like that, they were willing to reach out to others who they know had been dealing with this. And so they wrote this story kind of as a coping mecha- mechanism. People also read it and were able to come to terms with and understand and deal with those those feelings because of what was written. Right, which in a way is wild. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I just would never think to go to the internet for this. Mm-hmm. But apparently there's just like this massive group of people out there who have no problem going to the internet um, and, you know, res- and getting emotional support from strangers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a thing, but it, it totally it is. Definitely yeah, is. no, I, I mean. And, and it's not weird and creepy, I guess. Yeah, yeah no, that's because of that level of, like, you can choose how anonymous you are, mm-hmm. at least with, with these platforms. Um, so, for example, I, I wrote fan fiction yeah. for a little while, and I definitely used it as a coping me- mechanism. And we'll, we'll talk about this um, in, in a couple episodes. But looking back, I realized <laughs> I, I put so much angst and I put so much, like, <laughs> cringy emotion into what I was writing because I didn't understand it at the time. But that's when my anxiety started. That's yeah. when I started having depressive thoughts. I didn't right. know what to call them at the time. I just knew mm-hmm. that I was dealing with all of these feelings mm-hmm. and I had to get it out somehow. I had to write a character that was dealing with the same things that I was and overcame it to show yeah. myself almost that there was still hope. Right. <laughs> yeah. That there was a way out. And then to get people's feedback and mm-hmm. to see that was it, it was amazing. It was bolstering and I, I think that's definitely what has happened here also. Right. Well, story. I mean, it almost feels like you know, in, in a way this person is using this as a journal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But with the added element of that the journal is public, it, it's not that but the journal's public, but you're anonymous. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So you can get the fee- you can get the feedback, you can get the support without having anybody know you. I, I don't know. But I, I feel yeah. like I, I feel like thirty years ago, Lodestar Jumper would have written this in her journal. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. because it's now she writes fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, he or she, she or he. Right, yeah, right. We don't yeah, know. Yeah. Whoever they are. Uh, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, it's yeah. it's Definitely. interesting. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and fan fiction, like what you were saying, fan fiction is uniquely able to do that because it is public but also anonymous at the same time. Right. Oh, and also because, um, and I'd mentioned this, I've mentioned this in both of our previous attempts to record this podcast. <laughs> yeah, guys, this is our third and attempt. It's <laughs> Just, charm. just that, like, um, you know, the hardest part of writing is coming up with what to write about. Yeah. And fan fiction just totally removes that barrier. True. The characters are there. The setting is there. The dynamics are there. And if you need to just vent and you need to get emotions out, if you have something on your chest, something that you need to work through, that framework is already there. And it's just there like a sandbox for you to work within mm-hmm. and to get all that stuff out. And um, you can kind of do it at the drop of the hat. Yeah. And there's really no other like, again, even just like writing isn't going to be able to do that because it doesn't have like as strong of a like a prefab, the prefabricated backbone mm-hmm. that fan fiction offers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. You're, the puppet's already there. You're just the puppeteer uh-huh. making him do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and 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 you're gonna be able to connect with other people again because a lot of a lot of people who are going through you know stuff like this. One of their biggest things is like they feel like there's something between them and everybody mm-hmm. else. You know, like I'm mm-hmm. for some reason I'm not understanding other people or they're not understanding me, and I don't know if it's my fault or their fault. Mm-hmm. And it's confusing, right? But when it comes to fan fiction, you know, there's a point. Of commonality, you can connect with people on at least one level, and that level oh, yeah. is, you know, in this case, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Thor. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a wide open channel of communication um, that these people, that people can just take advantage of whenever yeah. they want. Yeah, and yeah. it's super great. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. That, that's so. Before we uh, wrap up our episode, I I think that's a stigma about fan mm-hmm. fiction that I'm I'm hoping is disappearing is that it's all just oh you man know, this did, did I just uh, propagate a, <laughs> a harmful gen- well, no, like, no, no, stereotype? No. Okay. No, I, I appreciate what you said because. In the process of talking about this, we're sh- we are showing that fan fiction is not just what the world sees. It's a way to connect with other people, like what you were saying. It's a right. way to to cope. It's a way to communicate. It's a way to to show what lots of people are experiencing in this medium that lots of people already understand. Yeah, which is why it's it's such an up and coming art and su- uh, art form and medium and everything like that. And it, it's it, it's more than what the stigmas make it seem to be like, oh, yeah. like everything is yeah for sure Definitely. sweet anything else you guys want to say before we no I think that's it we're going to head okay. over to uh, what the Oreo what the Oreo heck yeah <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so I, I guess I'll go first yeah. my what the Oreo moment was it happened after I finished reading the fan fiction itself after I finished reading as I was pondering it as I was thinking about it I made the connection of what this adds to Thor's character arc, and it was just mind-blowing. We've touched on this throughout yeah. the episode, but just finally understanding why, for example, when Thor was talking to Rocket in Infinity War, and he's doing like, yeah, everybody I know and love is dead, but I'm still going to go fight Thanos, and he kind of puts on a mask, which I can relate to. Um, but now we see him taking that down and understanding what's really going on inside like mm-hmm. inside his heart we're understanding his emotions and it, now when I go back and watch those movies knowing what's coming and knowing what he's been through and just adding this albeit fictitious level to his character arc I'm, I'm never going to see him the same way and, and I enjoy that I think yeah. it's awesome yeah. it's going to yeah, it was just kind of a wow moment for me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, like you said, I mean, I'm never going to be able to unsee this, you know. And mm-hmm. I don't even really think 
this is not legit. You know, mm -hmm. if I had it my way, I would be fine forgetting about this. Mm -hmm. But I can't forget about it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so even though I kind of disregard it as, you know, as far as like, oh, is this like actually Thor? I don't think it's Thor. I think it's Lodestar Jumper's version of Thor. Mm -hmm. Despite that, I still am going to watch Endgame and I have to think about mm -hmm. this. It's unalterably, you know, changed the way I perceive the character, whether, yeah. whether yeah. I like it or not, right? Yeah. And there was a moment in Endgame that I felt a little unsettled by. It's when Thor's, like, you know, joking and he's drunk when Rocket goes to see him and then all of a sudden he starts crying and you're like, whoa, that was a big jump in emotions. Yeah, yeah. And I think that whether or not you think that this fan fiction um, should be canonized or, you know, gives a real de depiction of Thor um, as in the MCU... Um, it does give us some reasoning behind Thor's emotional jump there yeah. and maybe why he's in the state that he is. And I loved having that background, that yeah. basis. Sweet. Um, Caitlin, do you want to give us your What the Oreo? Yes. Yeah, so my What the Oreo is the moment when Thor um, does try to commit suicide with the gun. Um, and it was what the Oreo for me because I can't see Thor holding a gun like at all. His no. hands are too big. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But like, I was like, well, there should be a better weapon for Thor to use, like a oh, Thor like weapon. Not, dark. <laughs> no, not like that, but I'm like it just it was out of character. Would Thor be the yeah, would Thor actually use a gun? Like I don't think that that would be I, I hope we're not about to start just, like, randomly speculating about more realistic ways that Thor would no. kill himself. Like, no. was, is that where this is going, Caitlin? No, just, <laughs> I just felt like this was out of character. I'm, like, the least violent person. I don't kill bugs. Like, I, yeah. I don't like violence. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, yeah, it just felt out of character a little bit for Thor for me. So yeah. That's why Again, I the Oreo. Yeah. yeah. It was aggressively amateur. Uh-huh. So, Malcolm, go ahead. All right. Mine is that for some reason in this story, the... Um, like, for some reason in this story, Asgardian law revolves around, you know, the, the Earth calendar, right? Yeah. Right? There's the part where there, there's the part where the Asgardian council, which is not real, and, and, I, and I reject the very idea that it exists. It, 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 shouldn't be, it shouldn't be true. There's no democracy in Asgard. And, and, I, and I refuse to believe that democracy exists in Asgard. It's... So the Asgardian council comes to him and tells him that he's too young to rule because he's like, and they say, you're too young. You're only 24. You have to be 25. And it just makes no <laughs> sense to me. It just makes no sense that um, the, the Asgardians would determine their laws by, by an Earth calendar. Why? But the pointlessness of it was, was the joy of it. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And there they you go. even like mention, they're like, Thor goes, why would was Loki allowed to be the ruler for a little while when he was legally declared insane, but I can't rule because I'm too young? But again, like, like, legally declared insane. No, there's no psychiatrists in <laughs> Asgard. There's no Asgardian psychiatrist. There's no concept of mental health or in, <laughs> in, in Asgard. There it should is, be. It is, a, it is a society that runs on concentrated testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> and beer. And, and alcohol. And beer. And alcohol. <laughs> and, and just, um, yeah, with, you know, the moments of boredom spiced up with uh, sporadic violence. Yep, there like, you go. So no psychologists, no counsel, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Well, any parting thoughts, you guys, before we wrap up our episode? Just a thank you to Lodestar Jumper for writing this piece, and we love talking about it today. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. I'm good. Well, thank you guys for listening. This has been Loose Cannon. The and Fan Fiction Archive. Yes, the Fan Fiction Archive. archive. And, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. All right. Bye-bye.